Well, hi, everybody. Oh, come on now. How y'all doing tonight? All right. How many of y'all are happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Good deal. High five your neighbor. Tell him you look spectacular tonight. Let them know that. Give a little high five there. We're excited you're with us tonight. By the way, live streamers, it's good to have you. We're excited you joined us. And if you are a guest with us tonight, Go ahead and look in the pew somewhere in front of you. You'll see one of these red Get Connected cards. Fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket, or take it back to the Welcome Center afterwards, and they will help you out. But again, we're looking forward to our service tonight, but don't forget, it's not just tonight, but tomorrow at 7, Tuesday at 7, and our normal Wednesday night service at 7 o'clock. So invite some people out with you this week, and we want to share what God is doing in the house with others, do we not? So good. So invite some people out. And by the way, if you're watching us on live stream, go ahead and, and share uh, your Facebook page with other people. We want your friends list to see what God is up to. But if you're here tonight, go ahead and pop your Facebook up, check in, and share it also. And we want to get the word out about what God is doing this week at Only Believe. Other than that, I'm going to get off the stage because I really know that we want to worship Jesus tonight, right? Amen. So everybody get up on your feet tonight. Let's get ready to worship our Savior together. Thank you. 
With the power to conquer truth. 
God tonight. You're in the right church to believe that anything's possible. Because see, our word says all things are possible to those who believe. All things. All things. Your breakthrough is possible if you believe. Your healing is possible if you believe. There's someone out there tonight that you came with a need. You came and there's no other choice but God. But did you hear that, but God? You see, <laughs> he's enough. He's enough, because anything's possible. We believe tonight as Christians in the body of Christ, and we declare tonight all things are possible. Look at someone beside you and say, all things, all things are possible. All things are possible. What you're believing for tonight is possible because there's never been a mountain that he hasn't moved. There's never been a sea that he couldn't part. You see, it's possible tonight. It's possible tonight. Come on, let's sing this again. Show me one thing. Show me one So we 
Thank you. 
praise one more time. Come on, lift him up in this house tonight. You are worthy. Hallelujah. He's a garden maker of our problems. Amen. All right. Well, greet a couple people as you sit down tonight. Let them know that you're happy they came out on a Sunday night. You must be excited to see what the Lord is going to do. I'm excited for us. Amen. So tonight, I know that you've went through announcements and offering and all or all that other good stuff. We're going to hold the offering off for our guest speaker until the end of the service. But without any further ado, we know that we have Ted Jr. in the house tonight. Come on, someone needs to get excited. Someone needs to get excited. I'm going to tell you, he's been in revival for how long, Teddy? Week three or four. So he's fired up and ready to roll. All right, so get ready, sit back, and I want you to participate in tonight's service. Amen? All right, give Ted a hand clap. Come on. Go get him, buddy. Well, praise the Lord. Can you give Jesus a hand tonight if you love him? Hallelujah. Well, just lift your hands all over this church. Somebody shout, I'm victorious. I cannot be defeated. I cannot be destroyed. I am full of the power of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of fire. No weapon formed against me can ever prosper. If you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. So good to see you. I'm so happy to be here with you this week. Of course, we've got tonight and tomorrow night and Tuesday. And of course, I'll be over in Kenton on, on Thursday night. But I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up to see what God's about to do. Let me tell you, this is the greatest time there ever was to be a child of God. Greatest time. Let me, let me just say it this way. Don't believe the lies that this is not a generation that's hungry for the things of God. I'll tell you this. Everywhere that I've been, when people see the power of the Holy Ghost, they are hungry for that. They may not be hungry for dead, dry religion, but they are hungry for the move of the Holy Ghost. Doesn't matter what nation, doesn't matter what age group, what demographic. When people see the power of God at work, there is a magnetized feeling. It's like a drawing. You know how the Bible says it? It says it this way. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. One of the things I think that's happening where you say, well, people aren't being drawn in this area. They're not being drawn here. But is Jesus being lifted up? Because if Jesus isn't being lifted up, there's no drawing. Hallelujah. The Father draws or the spirit of God draws all men to Christ when Jesus is lifted up and I'm gonna tell you this let me tell you one of the thoughts the Lord's put in my spirit that's got me so excited over the these last few months and we going through all this lockdown pandemic everything like that when we see the signs of the second coming of Christ which we're seeing all over the place it really got me excited to think that if you look back through the tunnel of time, all that God's done through the last 2,000 years of the church, think about this. God could have picked anybody to live in these final moments of time. He could have picked Paul. He could have picked Timothy, Titus, Philemon. He could have picked Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. 
But right before Jesus comes to rapture his church, he said, I'm going to put you there. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going to use you to reap this end time harvest of souls. And I'll tell you, the time is now to reap them. Why? Well, Jesus said something 2,000 years ago that should still put an urgency in our spirit. In the Gospel of John chapter 9 and verse 4, Jesus said to his disciples, We must work the works of him who sent me while it's yet day. For the night is coming where no man can work. Somebody say this with me. The Gospel is a limited time offer. Oh yeah, it's not going to be available forever. There's a day coming when the trumpet will sound. And when that trumpet sounds, the Bible says Jesus Christ will descend from heaven, hallelujah, with a commanding shout. And the dead in Christ are going to get up out of their graves. Those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up to meet him in the air. Anybody ready to see him? Amen. And so there's limited time left, which should put an urgency in every one of our hearts to do as much as we can do for the kingdom of God. Let me encourage you with this thought. Every single one of you is anointed by the power of God. Amen. Every single one of you has a purpose, a calling, an anointing. And let me go a step further than that. Don't ever let the devil tell you that you're an insignificant part of the body of Christ. There is no such thing as an insignificant part of the body. No such thing. If you think there is, when you get home tonight, grab a hammer and smash your pinky toe on the ground. It will scream along with the rest of the body, we need it. There's no insignificant part of your body. And Paul made that argument to the Corinthian church. He said, your eyes can't say to your ears, I don't need you. We might look different. We might have different purpose. We might have different calling. But everyone is important, and every one of us has to get to work. Can you say amen? And so I'm excited for this week. I've set my faith, as I'm sure you have. And I've asked the Lord to let this be a week. I ask this during every revival. Lord, let this be a week that prayer requests are turned into praise reports in Jesus' name. That the things we've been believing for will come quickly to pass. Amen. And that we'll hold our testimonies in our hand in Jesus' name. You believe that? If you do, shout amen. amen. And uh, it, as, as uh, you heard a moment ago, we've been in revival. Started in Ontario, Ohio a few weeks ago. Was there. And then straight from there, we went on to um, Montana. We had a week of revival in Montana. Then last week, a week of revival in Evansville, Indiana. And now starting again here. Next week, we'll be outside of Boston, Massachusetts with a week off after that, and then we go on to York, Pennsylvania, and on to Texas. I'm telling you, doors are opening up, and people are hungry, and the power of God's moving. Miracles are taking place. Can you say amen? I, I mean, it's amazing the things God's been doing. And so, even as I was standing on the front row, I just got three messages that came in, and uh, miracle testimonies. We were just, as I said, in Evansville last week, and a lady was her and her mother so hungry for the move of God drove all the way from Nashville Tennessee to come into Evansville Indiana and I didn't even know this that was happening but she said I was battling in my body all kinds of welts and hives all over my body and she said it hadn't gone away and it kept on coming up coming up coming up she said but man after you prayed and God touched me she said I woke up every one of them gone and I've not had any more since in Jesus name 
Praise God. I was in Tomball, Texas a few weeks ago. That's north of Houston. And as I was praying, we had a, a family come in from another part. And uh, I called a couple out. And uh, I, I laid hands on the husband. Well, he went out under the power of the Holy Ghost, got back up. Well, I went to lunch with the pastor after the service. I got a text on my phone. They said, we just wanted to give you the testimony. My husband has had pain all through his legs. And he works on his feet, by the way, walking neighborhoods every day. But he'd been in an accident. And uh, his legs had constant pain. His wife said every night I had to literally massage the pain out of his legs for him to even be able to go to sleep. But she said today when God touched him in the service, he got up off the floor, all pain gone out of his legs, completely healed by the power of God. I'm telling you, God's moving. Well, let me ask you a question. Does God love those more than he loves you? No. And if God will do it for them, he'll do it for you. Can you say amen? Somebody shout, he'll do it for me. So get your faith. I say set your faith for the things that God has planned for you. This is going to be a week of, I believe, a move of the Holy Ghost. And so I'm ready to see what God's going to do. Can you say amen? As you're opening your Bible, I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 3. And uh, I want to show you something that this is not so much a message as it is a word that the Lord gave me a few months ago. And he said, wherever you go... Deliver this message first before you preach any messages, before you go throughout the week of revival. He said, deliver this message to my people wherever you go. So I'm going to take you there tonight, Isaiah chapter 3. I'm going to show you something, and uh, it's good news. Amen. <laughs> I like good news. By the way, as you go uh, tonight, grab one of these. This is our magazine, Miracle Word magazine. Comes out quarterly. We've got a brand new one getting ready to come out in about two weeks and uh, I'd like to give it to you for free. All kinds of wonderful t things in here to build your faith. I have a testimony in this edition that you see on the screen. I have a testimony in this edition. Uh, the, the lady that worked, one of the ladies that works for us, doctors told her that she would never be able to carry children ever. She would never be able to successfully have a child. I believe she had four or five miscarriages, even stillborn children. And literally, no hope. The doctor even tried to tell her she had cancer in a part of her body, uh, along with other things. And I was preaching in Atlanta, Georgia. And I felt something hit me. I pointed right into the camera. And I said, they've told you you can't have it. I said, by this time next year, you'll hold your testimony in your hand in Jesus' name. Well, she wasn't watching that morning because it was a Sunday morning. She was in home, her home church, my uncle's church in Virginia Beach. And when my, my wife said, I felt in my spirit. When you prophesied that, that that was for her. And so I called her up on the phone and said, uh, you need to watch that word from today. She got home and watched it on her, on her live stream replay. She said, I felt that hit me in my spirit. She downloaded it to her phone and kept on watching it and watching it. Then she said, Lord, show me every woman in the Bible that couldn't have children and that you gave them children anyway. And she printed out all the verses, put them up around her house, in her bathroom, in the fridge, on the car, wherever she was, and began to stand on that, stand on that. Well, power of God did the thing that needed to be done. And by the next time, that next year, I was at the same church again at the same month. And she was in the hospital getting ready to give birth. Now she's got two babies running around the house. Hallelujah. Doctors said it couldn't happen, would never happen. God has the final say. Can you say amen? And so there's all kinds of stuff like that to build your faith. And uh, grab one before you go. 
as well as if you'd like to receive, and you saw it on the monitor a moment ago, if you'd like to receive them for free in your home, all you have to do is go to miracleword.com and you can sign up right there on the website on your phone. We'll send it to you free of charge. Won't cost you a dime just to be a blessing to you. We have a massive testimony coming up in this next edition. It's probably my favorite one we've ever done. I'm so excited to tell you what God did in the midst of of a pandemic. It was unbelievable what God did. These last six months, Brother Eric, have been the best our ministry has ever seen. I didn't even travel for like four months. I was just home by myself broadcasting two, twice a day. I, you can't stop a preacher from preaching. They thought they shut me up because none of the church meetings were open. Buddy, I went twice a day from the house. Amen. Even my wife and kids got saved. Amen. It was wonderful. Before that, you know, my little son, he's four years old. He was far from God. You know, he was, uh, I'd bring him into church meetings and he'd be in the kids' class. You know, I'd come into the nursery and he'd be throwing dice with other babies. It was just, it was a rough time in his life, but God's brought him out. Amen. <laughs> he's serving the Lord now. I didn't mind that he was throwing the dice. I said, just make sure you tithe to the ministry. Amen. That's, that's fine with me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you there? Isaiah chapter three. Listen to this. I'm going to read you two verses. I'm going to read you verse number 10 and verse 11. And I want you to hear this as a prophetic word for the Lord to you and to America and to the world. Listen to this. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them. Glory to God. For they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. I'm going to stop right there. Say unto the righteous, glory to God, it'll be well with them. Let me tell you something. Everything's going to be all right. I said everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them, and they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. What does that mean? If you're living a holy, righteous lifestyle, if you're a child of God, then that's going to be the harvest that, you're ha that you have in your life. It's going to be what you see in your daily life and with your family and with your loved ones and in your home, in your body, in your mind. Do you know there's always been a precedent that God wanted to set throughout history to make a distinction between his children and everybody else? Hallelujah. All the way back. I mean, you go all the way back to the first Passover. The Bible says the people of Israel are in bondage and slavery in Egypt, and God's done with it. He said, I'm ready to bring you out. And the final plague was about to come. And he said, I'm going to send a death angel down from heaven and through the land. And he said, that death angel is going to stalk through the nation of Egypt, and every firstborn is going to die. Not just the firstborn of the children, even the livestock, God was taking them out. And he said, but for you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this uh, a spotless lamb, and I want you to sacrifice it, and I want you to take the blood of that lamb, and I want you to put it on the doorpost of your home, and when that angel sees the blood, he will pass over your house, hallelujah, and go somewhere else. That blood was an indication this is a covenant house. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout, covenant house. This is a covenant house. And when that angel saw that it was a covenant house, even though he was there to pronounce judgment, judgment had to pass over the righteous and go somewhere else. I came to encourage you tonight and tell you get ready 
because judgment's passing over you and it's going somewhere else. I said judgment's passing over you and it's going somewhere else. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them. And the Bible says that God spoke to them and he told them, there will be such a weeping and a wailing throughout Egypt. It'll be like nothing you've ever heard or nothing that'll ever happen again. But for you, oh hallelujah, not even a dog will bark among you. It'll be so peaceful. You couldn't see any more of a stark contrast than that. In one side, you got weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But in the camp of the Israelites, in the camp of God's people, it'll be so calm that you won't even hear a dog bark. I'm telling you, get ready. For the last three months of 2020 are going to be the best months we've ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus. Every wicked thing that the enemy planned to destroy this nation is coming down by the power of the Most High God. I tell you, get ready. Because the wickedness of the wicked is getting ready to be exposed and the power of God is going to sweep through this nation. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well. Somebody shout, that's my story. Yeah, in Jesus' name. It'll be well with you. It'll be well with your children. It'll be well with your grandkids. It'll be well in your body. It'll be well in your mind. I tell you, if you've been battling depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, I'm telling you, that stuff's getting ready to run out the back door in Jesus' name. For God's releasing a new peace and a new joy in the Holy Ghost. And we're getting ready to run into October, November, December with the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Hallelujah. With a peace that passes all understanding. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Something good's about to happen. And see, we're running in with new momentum in these final quarter, jumping into this new year 2021. I'd say it's going to be the best year we've ever had. I said the best year. It's a little silent for me. Somebody might want to check the sign on the church, make sure it's not a Presbyterian church. Come on. It's going to be the greatest quarter we've ever seen. And we're stepping into the best year in Jesus' name. I know we sent this. I don't know if we have it ready. Maybe one of these nights I'll play it for you. But the Lord allowed me to prophesy twice significantly last year. Once in September, once in November. And the Lord said, begin to speak this to the people. I spoke it out. I was in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, begin to prophesy. Lord said, take your suit coat off. He said, put that suit coat over the pulpit. Drape it over the pulpit. He said, then begin to prophesy to the people. As this suit coat is draped over the pulpit, I will drape my anointing over America again. I'll drape my power, my glory over America again. And revival will hit this nation again. And you will see a space of grace and a space of time that I'm extending, says the Lord, for souls to come in and for a mighty harvest to be added to the kingdom. So I say to you, don't fret. Don't be discouraged. Don't be despondent. Get ready. The best days we've ever seen are just ahead of us in the mighty name of Jesus. Say unto the righteous, it shall be. It 
shall be. That's right. It shall be well. It shall be well. It shall be well. Woo, glory to God. It shall be well. It shall be well. I said it shall be well. Devil did everything he could do. He worked every plan he thought he had. I mean, he launched every attack against this nation that, that he thought he could. But let me tell you, he's already failed. And God's people, let, let, me, let me tell you something. As, as believers, those of us that are here, we're Holy Ghost people. Jesus said all those 2,000 years ago, he said that we are the salt and we are the light. Isn't that right? We're the salt and we are the light. Very important because number one, their utter darkness cannot truly come until light is gone. It's about total darkness, utter darkness. You can't descend into utter darkness without light being absent. Even in this room, if we were to shut off every single light, close every door and tape it up, and we couldn't see our hand in front of our face, if I stood right up here and struck one match, you'd start to be able to see your hand. Light would go through this sanctuary just from one match on the platform. But let me tell you something. We don't have one match in this church tonight. We don't have one match in Ohio tonight. We don't have one match in America tonight. We don't have one match in North America. We've got millions of people that are filled with the Holy Ghost that call Jesus Lord that are looking forward to his coming. I came to encourage you. The devil cannot do what he wants to do until we're gone. Woo, glory to God. Utter darkness cannot overtake the light. If you think God's judging America, he's not. Thanks for all the shouts. If you think he's judging America because of abortion or because of wickedness, he ain't. He already judged sin in this dispensation on Jesus' body on the cross. He's waiting for people to be saved. But sin carries its own curse. You don't need God to judge sin. It carries its own curse in and of itself. It's called seed time and harvest. If I do meth for 10 years and I look like I'm going to look after 10 years of meth, you think it's because God judged me? Or do you think sin carries its own curse? If I sleep around with 27 people and have three STDs, you think it's because God cursed me or because sin carries its own curse? If I smoke cigarettes my whole life and destroy my lungs and my body and die of cancer, you think it's because God judged me or does sin carry its own curse? You see, you understand? You don't, God doesn't have to judge the wicked in this dispensation for evil things to happen to them because sin is a seed. If you're writing notes, you ought to write that down. Sin is a seed. Sin is a seed. Holiness is a seed. Righteousness is a seed. Obedience is a seed. I don't need God to open up the heavens and throw down curses and, and, and lightning bolts to the... It's already... They're doing it to themselves. God's calling out through the church. He's calling out through preachers and believers. He's calling out through the Holy Ghost to come home before it's too late, to answer the call before the rapture takes place. It's time to let it be heard. Jesus is coming, and he's coming soon. I said he's coming soon. I said he's coming soon. I said he's coming soon. He's coming soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. 
And see, think about this. I was reading a commentary on this the other day. They said that if you went back and looked at the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, they said there's no way, at the smallest size, there's no way that the population of those cities could have been less than 10,000 people. It's impossible. As, as, as historians and scholars tell us this, it would have to have been a minimum of 10,000 people living in those cities. He said God was willing to spare them for 10 righteous. Stop and think about that for a minute. 10 righteous. That means the ratio was one righteous for every 1,000 people. <laughs> Woo! Come on. One righteous for every 1,000 people. Let me tell you, we got a Christian population. Uh, I'm going to tell you another reason why God's not judging America right now. Do you understand, if we know this, the law of seed time and harvest, then a seed has to reproduce after its own kind, and it always has to bring a harvest back, or else God's a liar. And let me tell you, for the last 200 years, 200 years, who has been the nation that has sent the most missionaries around the world, that has preached the gospel all over the world, that sent people to places where the gospel wasn't even allowed. Who was the one sending Bibles into nations? And who was the one that was actually funding missionaries? It was the United States of America. And God's not going to let us sow seed for 200 years and come to 2020 and say, I'm going to shut the curtains on you. You're all, no, we got a harvest coming to us, baby. I tell you the revelation that we've sent around the world is getting ready to hit this nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Get ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. Woo, glory to God. Get ready for a move. I said get ready for a move. Get ready for a move. Get ready for a move. Because God's moving now. He's not going to move. He never stopped moving. Somebody shout, he never stopped. He never stopped. Never stop moving. Your God moves. He never stops speaking. Well, I just don't hear him, brother. I've had people, what do you do, brother, when God's not speaking anymore? I say, he's not ever, never not speaking. He's always speaking. You ever been on a call with somebody or even text messaging someone before? And you were in the midst of this deep conversation, texting back and forth? And all of a sudden, you sent some real important stuff. And they won't text back. You got no text coming through. Sitting there five minutes. I can't believe I just shared all this important stuff. I got no response. The rudeness. And then you look up at your phone. Oh, I just drove out a place where there's signal. I got no signal. You look up, there's no bars. There's no LTE. I got no signal. And then one moment you drive back into service again, bing, 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 bing. 32 texts shoot through. It's not that they weren't speaking. It's just that you weren't connected. And the fact that you weren't connected meant you couldn't get the message that was meant for you. It's not that God's not been speaking to people. It's that so much has caused us to be disconnected that we've not heard his voice. But I came to tell somebody it's time to pause Netflix and shut the phone off and turn the laptop down and get off the computer and start to get on your knees and fast and pray because God's getting ready to move in America. And I'm going to be a part of it in Jesus' name. Say unto the righteous. Somebody shout, that's me. 
If it's not, it can be by the end of the service. That's me. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well. Not ill, well. What's God's plan for your life? Not to destroy you, to help you. I said to help you. I said to help you. I'm convinced some Christians need to just rip Psalm 91 out of their Bible because they don't believe it. Remember that story in the Bible where Jesus had 10 lepers break the law of Moses and leave the leper colony because they were so contagious. Remember when they approached him for healing and Jesus called the number and reported them for not socially distancing? <laughs> Remember that story? And he said, how dare you? You are contagious. <laughs> Remember when Jesus did that? Or did he heal him? See, if we're going to be Pentecostal people and believe God, it's funny. We believe he can save our soul from an eternal hell. But the flu and the virus, I'm not quite sure. But we're believing he can cast demons out of people. Literal demons. <laughs> but not a virus. Please. Isn't it awesome how that virus stays over seven feet and six feet? So that when you sit down in a restaurant, it just goes right over your head. I was at the grocery store the other day, and I was, there was four ATMs. I was in line to get the ATM to get pull some money out, and they have stickers. You've seen the stickers now. Make sure you're just like, stand on that sticker. That's like home base when you're playing tag as a child. Can't get me now. I'm on home base. And they had it perfectly spaced. Someone had measured it. Six feet in between the stickers and then the ATM. The only problem was there's four ATMs and the lines are two feet apart going across. That's when I realized COVID can only go front and back, but it can't go side to side. So I always come up beside people just in case. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you believe it? He can heal. Oh, he was, brother, he'll heal you from stage four cancer. He'll open up blind eyes. He'll open up deaf ears. My God, and you get all Pentecostal until the virus come around. See, either we believe him fully or we don't believe him at all. I said either we believe him fully or we don't believe him at all. My trust is not in a man. My trust is not a governmental system. It's not in the Senate. It's not in Congress. not in the White House. My, my trust is not in any particular governmental doctor representing the health board. My trust is in God alone. He's the one who decides who will rise and who will fall. He's the one who decides what happens in the... I'm telling you, if we don't stand on the power of... Listen, I read one article. Guy wrote this article. He said, well, Christians shouldn't use Psalm 91 because Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and the devil used Psalm 91 when he tempted Jesus and Jesus rebuked him for it. I said, you genius. Let's look at the difference. The devil said to Jesus, throw yourself off of this high place. For it's written that his angels will not let you dash your foot against a stone. Quoting Psalm 91. And Jesus rebuked him. But understand something. I actually have a healing covenant 
through the blood of Jesus. So I, he didn't take stripes on his back and get pierced in his side so I can jump off the Empire State Building. He took stripes upon his back, was pierced in his side, and by those stripes, you were healed. There's an actual covenant of healing that's for you. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well. I was reading that Passover story, and the Lord, I heard him say this. He said, now listen, they sacrificed a natural lamb. He said, if the blood of a natural lamb could keep a supernatural being out of that house, how much more can the blood of an eternal lamb keep every wicked thing out of your house? I came to encourage you in this church. The blood of Jesus is on the doorpost of your home. Every wicked thing has to run from you in the name that's above every name. If you believe it, somebody lift up a shout of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Say unto the righteous. It shall be well. I'm not, I'm, I don't have any plans to fail. I don't have any plans to be destroyed. I don't have any plans to be taken out. Devil can't kill you. I said the devil can't kill you. Who does the devil think he's talking to? You think you're talking to somebody that doesn't understand their rights? You think you're talking to somebody that doesn't know the power that lives on the inside of every believer? If that same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. I tell you, get ready for that Holy Spirit of God is touching your body tonight in Jesus' wonderful name. Woo! Somebody say, thank you, Lord. For the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. A Holy Ghost from heaven. Now let's go to verse 11. Woe to the wicked. <laughs> it shall be ill with him. I was reading a commentary on this on the ES, as I'm reading from the ESV. They said the reason, even though it's a more modern translation that they still said, woe unto the wicked, even though we don't say stuff like that anymore, is that it was the most derogatory, detrimental phrase you could use toward a group of people. It was like, I'm backing up because the lightning of God's coming down. <laughs> woe unto you. It shall be ill with him. For what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. Catch that. What his hands have dealt out. Hear what I'm saying. The wickedness of the wicked is about to be exposed in Jesus' name. Let me tell you all something. When wicked people, when people that aren't even saved are having a hard time with the level of wickedness in the world... The devil's overplayed his hand. When you got sinners signing petitions, when you got sinners that are ticked off about how much wicked stuff is just out in public, the devil's overplayed his hand. You got pedophiles running loose in the streets. You got stuff up on Netflix now, sexualizing 11-year-old girls. You got stuff all on our kids' TV shows. My son was swiping through something on his iPad the other day. They were, they were actually, to my four-year-old son, 
they were pushing homosexual relationships to five and six year olds on a cartoon show and oh I'm attracted to a boy and I am a boy and trying to tell our children from a young age what's normal and what's right and the church has stayed silent everybody else has come out of the closet except for the church we just call it a prayer closet time to come out of the closet and be loud about what you believe and to stand up and declare I refuse to let wickedness run this nation I refuse to let wickedness stay in the streets I'm going to stand up by the power of the Holy Ghost and see God move in these final moments of time The wickedness of the wicked is about to be exposed. And there's some folks about to go to jail in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, get ready. God's not done. I said God's not even got started yet. It's going to be so glorious. I'm going to laugh and dance as each and every one of them has handcuffs put upon them and is led off to a prison cell. Because I'm telling you, God's not going to deal with it. And you got... Here's the, here's the news. If you see wicked people that are upset about wickedness, that shows you it's over the line. The devil thought that this nation and other nations were wicked enough they'd be cool with it. He thought he could release that kind of stuff into our atmosphere and that sinners would be okay with it. But you're seeing it right now pushback even from the world pushback even from those who don't call Jesus Lord pushback from those who are disgusted by the actions of the wicked who are disgusted by the actions of the financially elite and I'm just going to tell you right now that God has left us on this earth for a purpose we are the salt and we are the light the power of God flows in you and through you as long as the light is here the darkness cannot take over I said the darkness cannot take over. I said the darkness cannot take over. But he didn't just call you the light. He called you the salt. There's a reason he called you the salt. And that's because in those days, before there was refrigeration technology, meat would rot quickly. And they would use salt to cure the meat. What did it do? It didn't hold off rot forever. But it preserved it long enough for, oh man, I'm preaching this. Because just because we're here as the salt, it's not going to keep the destruction away forever. It's not going to keep the rot away forever. For there is a day coming where the people of God will be taken off of this earth and Jesus will meet us in the air. But let me tell you, until that time comes, the rot cannot set in in this world. It can't set in in America. It can't set in in Ohio. It can't set in in this county because the power of God is still represented by the people of God. Somebody ought to lift your hands and thank the Lord that you are the salt and you are the light and you're more than a conqueror. And the Lord showed me that. He said, I've always wanted to make a distinction between my people and everybody else. <sighs> Glory to God. That means he draws a line in the sand. Makes you look different than the rest of this world. Makes you look different than what the wicked look like. Makes you look different than the sinner. See, the Bible says in that first Passover, it was so serious 
that there was weeping, wailing, and moaning everywhere they looked. It was the most intense time they'd ever experienced. But for the righteous, it was so peaceful, not even a dog would bark. I want you to just lift your hand right where you're sitting and thank the Lord that a new peace is coming upon your life tonight in Jesus' name. A peace that passes all understanding. A peace that passes all understanding. What does that mean? What does that phrase even mean? People have asked me, what is the pace to pass all understanding? I'll tell you what it is. Is it has to be supernatural. Because anybody can have peace when it's peaceful. Sinners can do that. Have peace when it's peaceful. You had a great day. Nothing that's trying to weigh on your life, weigh on your shoulders. There's no financial issues that you're having to think about or worry about. All these, anybody can have peace in that situation. But what is a peace that passes all understanding? That's when you've got peace and people look around at your atmosphere and your situation and think to themselves, how in the world do they have, how are they being so peaceful in this situation? They can't understand it because they can't see how it would take place but it's because my peace isn't a natural peace it's a holy ghost peace hallelujah it's a fruit of the holy spirit and what people begin to realize is when you step into the gift of faith when you begin to walk by faith and not by sight supernatural peace that passes all understanding comes upon your house comes upon your children, comes upon your life. I think of the story of Peter. You know, the Bible says that the Jews, or the, excuse me, the Romans, had arrested a believer and then executed him. And when they saw how it pleased the Jews, then they arrested Peter. And most likely, scholars tell us, he was next for execution. They had him. They didn't want him escaping. They had him in a cell, not by himself, in between two guards. So he could not get away. And you'd think, if you just had one of your Christian brothers executed the day before, and now they've arrested you, knowing how much that pleased the Jews, you realize your head's on the chopping block next. Most Christians would have been up in that cell all night long praying in speed tongues. I mean, they'd have been in there like Porky Pig all night long. I mean, they'd have been praying out of fear. They'd have been pressing in as hard as they could. They'd have been going off. They'd have been trying to get people to join with them. He'd even try to convert the guards, asking to pray. Would you pray with me, both of you? Just bow your heads right where you're sitting. And the Bible says the church was praying for Peter. And because the church prayed, an angel came. And that angel walked in to that prison. I love this. I'm talking about a peace that passes all understanding. I said a peace that passes all understanding. Tonight, God's going to release a peace to every one of us. He's going to release a joy to every one of us. And we're leaving here in a new strength and a new rest in Jesus' mighty name. That angel walked into the cell. This is mind-blowing. And he came in to look. And Peter is between the two guards, dead asleep. He's gone. I mean, he is gone. And the Bible says the angel tried to wake him, and this is what the angel finally had to do. Strike him upon his shoulder. Bam! Wake up! I'm in here trying to get you out of prison. You're sleeping it away. 
Think about the peace. Oh, hallelujah. If you're talking about a spirit of faith, you want to talk about a gift of faith. Think of the peace that was on Peter that he, before the angel came, before anything happened for deliverance, he thought, I'm the next for execution, and he's laying in there dead and sound asleep in between his two captors. He said, I'm not going to stay up all night about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to fret about it. I won't be depressed about it. I've got a God that knows how to take care of me. I've got a deliverer working on my side. And when the angel came, had to strike him just to wake him up came to himself and then the angel said get up and the shackles fell off hallelujah the anointing of the Holy Ghost will put you in a place where every shackle has to come off But look what he did. He separated him from what was holding him captive. Oh, hallelujah. Talking about the guards. Separating him from what was holding him in bondage. I'm going to tell you this, that I've been asking God to do. Not just in this meeting this week, but in our nation. That a mighty move of God would hit in such a way that the things that have been holding the church captive will drop off, loose them, and let them go. There are people that come to the house of God every single week. They love the Lord on their way to heaven, but they're bound. Bound by fear, bound by depression, anxiety, sickness, disease, relational issues, kids not serving the Lord, wife don't like them, husband don't like them, wife, husband may not be serving the Lord. Something the enemy tries to use to bind your family and to bind your life. But I'm praying that God would touch America and touch our churches in such a way that whatever held us like a shackle on our arms, on our lives, it would fall off by the power of the Holy Ghost. And the power of God would lead us away from every captive, everything that tried to hold us captive, separation from the things that held us back. Some stuff looks like an invisible prison. People don't even know that no one knows they're dealing with it. You know, we come to church, put the mask on. We can lift our hands and sing all the same songs. But on the inside, there's a turmoil. People are dealing with things. They're battling things. And God's reaching out his hand to help. No matter what it is that you've been attacked with, or what the devil sent to destroy you, I came to encourage you, get ready. Because the power of God's going to touch you this week, and shackles are falling off in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I said shackles are falling off in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And then the angel begins to lead him out. And as he's leading him out, what starts to happen? The doors that had him locked up, of their own accord, begin to open on up. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Doors are getting ready to open up for you. I said doors are getting ready to open up for you. Doors are getting ready to open up. Stuff you hadn't had open to you in 20 years is getting ready to swing wide open by the power of the Holy Ghost. Imagine how wonderful it's going to be 
when you've been battling type 2 diabetes for the last 20 years and you go back in for your blood work at your checkup and the doctor has to check three times, looks at your A1C levels and looks at your blood sugar and says, what have you been doing? I got to take you off this insulin completely because you don't need it anymore. I came to tell you when the doors swing open, it'll be cause for dancing. It'll be cause for shouting. It'll be cause for running. God's getting ready to set the captive free. Oh, yeah. And the doors start swinging open. Why did the doors swing open? Because of the one who sent the angel. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Christ holds in his hand the key of David. And when he opens doors, no man can shut him. And when he shuts doors, no man can open. Some of us are getting excited about the open doors coming. You ought to get even more excited about the doors he's about to close. <laughs> For the enemy has tried to creep his way in. He's got little passageways into your life, mind, family. He don't even want anybody to know about. He wants to be able to keep creeping in and messing with stuff and creep back out the way he came. But when God raises his right hand and closes a door, no enemy can get in. Oh, hallelujah. I said no enemy can get in. I think of the story of Noah. He was obedient unto God preached, built the ark, brought the animals, everything God said. And when Noah had done all that he could have done, he did all that his human strength would allow him to do in obedience to the Lord. There was only one thing left to happen before he was complete with that task. And that was the fact that God was the one who reached down his hand and God shut the door. Noah couldn't have shut it. Nobody else could have closed it. And God was not shutting Noah out. He was shutting him in. Oh, glory to God. Shutting him into his covenant. Shutting him into his promise. Shutting him into his protection. Because the rains came and the waters gushed out of the ground. Judgment hit the earth. But did Noah get wet? No. Did his family get wet? No. Did the animals get wet? No. Because he was inside of his covenant protection. And I came to tell you tonight, get ready. Because your covenant protection protection is working for you every wicked thing listen it might come in your neighborhood it may come on your neighbor but that thing's got to pass over you and go somewhere else in the mighty name of Jesus because you're in the ark of Christ <laughs> somebody say the ark of Christ the ark was a type of Christ if you're in him then you're not appointed under wrath if I'm in him if I'm in him I'm not appointed under wrath I'm not appointed how did he take stripes for my healing and then me expect to get sick don't expect it devil may still try to attack you stand your ground amen you stand your ground ha <laughs> Stand your ground. Say unto the wicked, woe unto them. It'll be ill with them. And what their hands have dealt out shall be done to them. That's seed time and harvest. 
seed time and harvest. I'm telling you, get ready. God has a plan to bless us so abundantly that it'll make even the wicked take a look and declare that was God. That's scripture, by the way, if you didn't know. Psalm 126, the Bible says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing and it was said among the heathen. The Lord has done great things for them. Let me tell you, it's one thing when you testify. It's another thing when a brother or sister testifies on your behalf. But when you got sinners standing up saying, let me tell you what God did at Only Believe real quick because it's something supernatural. I never see anything like it in my life. That's how I know when God's ready to bless you, he don't bless you little. He blesses you in such a way that only he could get the glory for it. Because our Bible says that our God will share his glory with no man. It's not for any other man. So when God moves, he moves in such a way that when people look at what he did, they have to identify it as him. Oh, hallelujah. C catch this. Let me give you one. The Bible says at the end of the Gospel of John that they decided to go fishing after the crucifixion. He said, let's go fishing. They went out on the water, fished all night, caught nothing. <laughs> and as they're coming back in, they see a man on the shore and didn't know who it was. Couldn't tell his identity. And he said, brothers, cast your nets to the other side of the ship. Hallelujah. Cast your nets to the other side of the ship. Now look, these were trained fishermen. They'd done this for their job. So how about we cast you to the other side of the ship? How about that? <laughs> telling me my business. They didn't know it was Jesus. They just thought some dude on the shore telling them how to fish. But notice, they'd fished all through the sea, caught nothing. And Think of the logic of this. Oh, if I just cast my nest. What do you think? All the fish in the sea were just tucked up to that side of the... Just stay right here, fellas. He'll never see us. He'll never see us. You think they all were just sitting there hugged up to that side? No. It was supernatural. If there was anything to catch, professional fishermen would have caught it. Because they weren't sitting there with poles and bait. They weren't sitting there. They were dragging nets. When you drag nets, you get everything. You get, you know, red fish, blue fish, one fish, two fish, and old smelly boots. You get everything that's in there. If there was anything to catch, they'd have caught it, and they caught nothing. And as they're coming back into the shore, the Bible says they heard a word. Cast your nets to the other side of the ship. And when they cast them, the Bible says such a great catch jumped into their net and they looked up, hallelujah, and said, it's the Lord. Glory to God. That means they identified him not because they saw his face or knew his appearance. They identified him by the result of his word. Oh, glory to God. Identified him by the result of his what? Word. That's how you know. Did he put one fish in their net? Did he put 10 fish? No. In fact, the Bible says 153 large fish jumped in the net. So large that their net was about to tear. And they said, it 
is the Lord. When God does something for you, he doesn't want to do it small. He wants to bless you in such a big way that you'll say, that was the Lord. Hallelujah. Get ready for a blessing. I'm telling you, next quarter, this final quarter of the year, for God to open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we don't even have room enough to contain so that when he's done blessing, people will point their finger and say, it is the Lord. If you believe it in here, clap those hands. Give Jesus some praise. Glory to God. It is the Lord. Somebody shout, it is the Lord. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. He's getting ready to bless us so big that he'll take all the glory. That's fine with me. Take all the glory. Take all the praise. Take all the honor. Because only God can do these things. I said only God can do these things. And what God's about to do is going to be so big and such a stark contrast that it'll blow the minds of the wicked. It'll blow the minds of the unbeliever. They'll point their finger. They'll open their mouth. And they'll say, it is the Lord. <laughs> For no one else could do what's about to take place. <sighs> Glory to God. No one else can do what's about to take place. I tell you, God's not done with America. God's touching America. God's blessing America. Revivals are sweeping through this nation. Even in the states where people say it's the worst, like California. Do you know there's thousands of believers meeting out by the ocean, having revival services under tents in an open air, baptizing hundreds and thousands in the water of the ocean, the power of God's moving through that state that looks like, oh, it's so terrible, the fires are burning and the persecution's heavy. But let me tell you, go back and read church history for the first three centuries of the Christian church. There was such heavy persecution that people were being killed and literally they were being tortured and destroyed. All they had to do was say, no, Jesus isn't really alive. It was all a hoax. But did you ever notice not one of them was willing to say he's not alive? Not one of them was willing to say it was all a lie. It was all a hoax. Every one of them said, no, I saw him with my own eyes. You can feed me to the lions if you want to. You can boil me in oil. You can crucify me. You can cut my head off. But I came to tell you he's alive. I saw his resurrected body. And he's not only alive, but he's coming back soon. Hallelujah. That same power is flowing through the church tonight. The church is strong. Let me tell you, if I hear one more knucklehead preacher get in the pulpit. And say, we need to pray, everybody. The church is in trouble. We need to pray. The church is in trouble. Let me ask you a question. Who's big enough to put the church in trouble? Who? Think the devil can put the church in trouble? You think demons can put the church in trouble? Do you think the wicked, finite men whose lives will end soon, you think they can put the church in trouble? Jesus said something we need to remember. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who do they think they are? You're going to put the church in trouble. You can't put the church in trouble, sucker. You're not big enough. You don't have the resources. You don't have the power 
to put the church in trouble. The church is the preeminent force on the earth today. There's nothing stronger than the church. There's nothing bigger than the church. There's nothing more dangerous than the church. We are the church of the living God. We are the bride of Christ. I tell you, get ready. The greatest days aren't behind. They're ahead of us in Jesus. Can't put the church in trouble. You can't sing. No singing. Stop the singing. Please. Better get a jail cell ready, baby. Because I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing and sing and sing. They told him in Kentucky, no singing. You can go to church, but you can't sing. Who do you think you're talking to? God will remove you. If you don't think he will... Go into the New Testament. Well, God doesn't do that to the wicked, brother. Go into the New Testament. Ananias and Sapphira, who took them out? Wasn't the devil. Who took King Agrippa out? Ate up from the inside with worms. Wasn't the devil. He took God's glory, and God took him. Woo! Elimus the sorcerer, Acts 13. Paul, let me give you a little, show you something that will blow your mind. There's two different types of unsafe people. There are unbelievers and there's wicked people. Wicked people knowingly oppose the cause of Christ. Unbelievers just need the gospel. They're not trying to oppose the cause of Christ. They just need the gospel. A picture of both of them in one chapter of the Bible. Acts 13, Paul stands before the governor, Sergius Paulus, and he's preaching the gospel to, to Sergius Paulus over and over and over. And while Paul's preaching the gospel... The sorcerer, Alemus, is in his ear. Don't listen to him. He's lying to you. He's deceiving you. This stuff's not true. Don't listen to the gospel. And literally the whole time Paul's preaching, a wicked sorcerer is trying to hold back the purpose of God of the man being saved. Paul pauses his preaching of the gospel to the governor, turns to the wicked man and curses him and says, from this day forward, you will be struck blind. And from that moment, his sight left him and he had to be led around by the hand by other people. That was the source of two different things happening. The unbeliever, what was he getting? The gospel. The wicked, what was he getting? Judgment. And God, let me tell you, God may not be actively judging the wicked around the world. But let me tell you something. If you stand too close to the gates of hell, you also will not prevail. If you're going to stand against the church, if you're going to try to touch the church, if you're going to try to shut the church down and take the church out, don't stand too close to the gates of hell because they will not prevail against the church. God said, I'll build it and the gates of hell will not prevail. Somebody shout, it's getting a whole lot better. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Because there's an anointing here to set every captive free. Let me tell you something. That, there was a real spirit of fear that tried to sweep through America. A real spirit of fear tried to grip our churches, tried to grip our people. Not just the unbeliever, believers tried to grip a hold of people's minds. You don't know a sad thing? Where my father lives in West Virginia... There's a woman that they know, that we know, that was so scared and so oppressed by what was going on in the news of this happening around the world, she hung herself, killed herself, couldn't take it, couldn't take the fear, couldn't take the oppression, spirit of fear. 
And the devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. He's not happy until all three are done. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody can come back to the keyboard. I'm getting rid of minister here in a moment. If you can quickly come back. Buddy, stand on your feet with the, is that Johnny Cash? Lift your hands. God's getting ready to use you in a mighty way. The anointing's been upon you this whole service. In fact, take a few steps down here and come to God's altar. Let me lay hands on you. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody lift your hands. Thank God. Lift your hands to the Lord. God's going to use you in a mighty way. And there's been a, an enemy that's lied to you, the devil, that's told you that there's no way God could ever use you or love you like you needed to be because of things that have happened in the past and things that maybe you've had to go through. I tell you, the devil's a liar. For God's anointing is on your life. God is going to use you mightily. The power of his spirit is upon your spirit. and You shall preach this gospel of Jesus Christ. For you've been called to do things for the kingdom. You know you have a call. And the devil's tried to stop it and take you out. But I tell you that's coming to an end tonight in Jesus' name. For the fire of the Holy Ghost is coming upon you right now. There it is. Ha 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 ha. Rodegri marendo shefaladane. I tell you, even relationships that tried to pull you back in, God severs them off tonight, and the chains fall. Ha, ha, ha. God sets you free. Even there's two things that you've been trying to say, well, Lord, I love you, but I want to be free from this, and I want to be free from this. Tonight, his anointing comes upon you, sets you free. You'll never be the same again. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him tonight in Jesus' name. Rosha katehe. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost come upon him tonight. And I rebuke every attack of the enemy that's been sent against his life. Be free. Be free in Jesus' name. Peace. Joy. Ha, ha, ha. New strength comes upon you. A new strength. A new strength and a new rest. The struggle is over in Jesus' name. The struggle is over. Lift your hands with him and thank the Lord it's done. The struggle is over. <laughs> is that you, Nick? Stand on your feet. God's got a blessing for you. Step into the outcome here. Lift your hands. <sighs> Increase like you've never seen in this final quarter. Get ready. For God has a plan to bless your business. You'll have clientele come from every direction. You won't even know where they came from. You'll say, where in the world did you get the referral? People will find you that didn't even have a referral. They'll say, my Lord. And it'll get to the place where you'll have so much going on that you'll have to hire help because you won't be able to handle all the accounts. Ha, 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 ha. For the Lord's getting ready to increase you in these last three months. You'll cross over into 2021 laughing. Ha. You'll cross over dancing. You'll cross over shouting. <laughs> For it'll be a violent increase and an expedited favor. Violent increase, expedited favor. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him. Increase. That's it. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. And they're coming from every direction. God blows them in by his breath. <laughs> by his breath. Rivers in the desert. Hear that. Rivers in the desert. You never lack for any good thing. Making a way where there was no way. In Jesus' name. Every hand lifted. Whew. We thank you, Lord. Magnify the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Wonderful Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift him up right where you're sitting. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. Rogeria Marocco Satanaye. Breshte Vravastono. Kaledia Pashtoto Ranai. Rekidi Basoto Marai. Redishte Sepava Patengia. We pray for this man here. Step forward. Yeah, come on. Fresh anointings coming upon you tonight. I saw it. It was like up, 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 up. It's going to be a new season. God's opening doors for you supernaturally. There's a word in your spirit. God's opening doors. You're going to see souls saved in just the next six months, three and three. <laughs> and before we even get into the summer of next year, even into the spring, you watch and see God's going to put that same soul-winning fervor anointing, and they're, it's like God's magnetizing you tonight. People are coming in shh, from every direction. Lift your hands to the Lord, and I mean a breakthrough anointing, a breakthrough anointing. Even, I see this, even those that were what we might call the tough ones, the hard cases, the walls are breaking down. Poshe gria nareste kehe. Two that I tell you to watch out for. The Lord shows me. Number one, assignments. Daryl, man named Daryl. And another one, people call him Ricky, but it's not Richard. It's like Ricardo. You watch for those two. Daryl and Ricky or Ricardo. Huh. Not Ricky Ricardo, but actually, <laughs> he's dead. But a man named Ricky. They call him, might call him Rick or Ricky, but his real name is Ricardo, not Richard. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him tonight. Hey, this will be nothing like you've ever had in 2021. It'll be the greatest year you've ever known. You watch and see. You'll hit the end of, of 2021 by December 31st. You'll turn around and laugh at look at all God did in 12 months. Things are turning in your favor quickly. 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 What God does in 12 months coming up will be more than you've seen happen in three years, five years. <laughs> For he's opening the door supernaturally. The increase is coming by the power of God. Receive it in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. The spirit of fear that the devil tries to use to destroy God's people. The reason it's so wicked is because, number one, it's a thief of your strength. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Fear is a thief of strength. Depression is a thief of strength. It's no, no surprise to me that when you see people that battle chronic depression, they don't want to go out. They don't want to do anything. They, put, they recede into their house. They retreat. They shut the door. 
I don't want to go. You guys go. I'm just going to stay back. Why? It stops you, sucks the strength out of you. The reason the devil wants the church to live in a spirit of fear is because he would love to fight against a church without strength, a church without power. But the joy of the Lord is your strength. And there's a new joy coming upon every one of us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God, like we've never seen. Amen? Glory to God. (laughs) I see finances coming in supernaturally. There's getting ready to be an advancement like you've never seen. An influx. An influx. Get ready. Supernaturally. Open doors. It's like in the Old Testament when the people of God were hungry. God blew quail in from every direction. (laughs) That same type of thing is getting ready to happen, but souls are coming in from every direction. (laughs) I tell you, it won't be big enough to hold them. Won't be big enough to hold them. (laughs) You're going to come off of this so strong, they're coming in from every direction. God blows them in from the north, the south, the east, the west. Oh, glory. Won't be big enough. Watch and see. Won't be big enough. Lift your hands one more moment. Sweet Holy Spirit, we need His presence more than we ever have. I can't understand churches that don't want the Holy Ghost in their church. We need Him now more than ever. I said we need Him now more than ever. Now more than ever. Glory to God. Magnify Him. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're not, pray in English or whatever your language is. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel his presence. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Magnify him. Magnify him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. My brother right here in the teal shirt, stand up, God's on you. Come come here, lift your hands to the Lord. You've been praying that God will use you in even a greater measure. Open doors for you. He's seen your faithfulness. (laughs) I tell you, it's happening quickly. Doors will open quickly. God's going to use you in a mighty way. He'll lift you up head and shoulders above the rest to show his goodness. 
In Jesus' name, now, Lord, from this night, put a new fire in his belly, fresh oil from heaven, fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Fire of God, come upon him now. Fresh anointing of God. Fresh anointing of God. In Jesus' mighty name, from this night, all things made new. All things made new. Receive it. I want you to stand on your feet all over this place. Here's what I felt the Lord tell me to do. He said there's been people, the enemies tried to attack them, tried to steal their peace and their joy. Two things. The two things, do you know, right there, we just take those two. Did you know that's 66% of the kingdom of God? The Bible says the kingdom of God is not what you eat or what you drink, but it's righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Devil takes those two things, that's 66% of the kingdom that he's trying to take right out. I tell you, there's a lot of Christians, they've got the righteousness part right, but the enemies worked against their peace and against their joy. Tonight, I'm taking authority in Jesus' mighty name over every spirit of fear that's tried to grip, not just those of us here. We're going to release this to Ohio, to this nation, in Jesus' name, and the enemy that's tried to steal what would the bible calls a spirit of heaviness spirit of heaviness it's coming to a close it's coming off in jesus name here's what i want you to do if the enemy has attacked you this year spirit of fears tried to come on you that spirit of heaviness tried to weigh on you i want you to get to this altar right now i'm gonna lay hands on you and the power of god is going to touch you spirit of fear has to lift spirit of heaviness has to lift and from tonight Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I tell you, get ready. Depression has to go. Anxiety has to go. Fear, suicidal thoughts has to go in the mighty name of Jesus. I said it has to go in the mighty name of Jesus. No more. No more. We're a glorious church. Amen. Without spot and without wrinkle. Amen. And from this night forward, we're taking authority over that foul spirit of fear, it will not touch you again in Jesus' name. Somebody lift your hands right where you're standing. I'm going to have the team, they always do such a great job. That song they sang, Graves into Gardens. I'd like you to do that song again if you can because things are getting ready to turn. You know what, you know what I like? I like that phrase in that song. Is it seas into highways? I love that phrase. Turn seas into highways. You think back to what I was preaching about tonight, the exodus of the people of Israel. They came out and got to a place where they looked like, I can't go any further. My back's against the wall. Enemy's coming to take me out. And then all of a sudden, he turned seas into highways. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Turn seas into highways. That's what he's getting ready to do for you. Things are open up. Seas in the highways. That means he's making a way where there was no way. He's making a way where there was no can I Can I share something exciting with you? Bible says he didn't just open the sea up. He left it open, Brother Eric. And all, if you want to be real on the low end, two million people walked across. They, they didn't run across. They just walked across. 
Can I give you something that'll, that'll encourage your faith? Faith doesn't just make things possible. It makes them easy. Watch. How easy is it to be free than to just walk? They didn't have to pull out a sword. They didn't have to hold up a shield. Didn't have to throw a spear. Catch this. All they had to do was walk. They walked out of their problems. But you know what I love about God? He'll take the same thing that he used to set you free and use the same thing to destroy your enemy. Glory to God. Because notice this. When the last person walked up out of the sea, the waters didn't fall down. God left them open. He left them open long enough so that Pharaoh and all of his armies could ride down into the seabed. And we had them all positioned right where he wanted them to be. Bam! He let the sea go. And the same highway that was deliverance for his people was destruction for his enemies. I'm telling you, get ready for this same anointing that's setting every one of us free, that's sweeping through America, touching God's people. This is the same anointing that's going to destroy the plans of the wicked in the mighty name of Jesus. Say unto the righteous, it shall be well with them. But say unto the wicked, woe unto him. Same anointing, two different outcomes. Somebody lift your hands. God's going to touch you tonight by his power. We're going to take authority. Even those of you that might be watching tonight on the live stream, you might be sitting at home, driving in a car, listening to this. But God's going to set you free right, right where you are. We're going to send the anointing to you as well. Which camera am I on, this one or this one? This one's live? I tell you, those of you that are watching at home, listening, on your phone, tablet, laptop, whatever, as we get ready to pray, you receive it right where you are. Every wicked thing that's tried to hold you in bondage, that's tried to hold you in a place of heaviness or fear or panic, tonight as we pray, it's getting ready to lift off of you in Jesus' name. And freedom is coming to God's people by the power of the Holy Ghost. So lift your hands all over this auditorium, and then I'm going to come lay hands on you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I take authority over a spirit of fear that's tried to grip America, that's tried to grip God's people. We take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus, and we command it, go in Jesus' name. Loose your grip on God's people. Spirit of heaviness, depression, anxiety, panic attacks. We take authority over heaviness, depression. In the mighty name of Jesus, suicidal thoughts, lose your grip. Go in Jesus' name. And I lose peace. And I lose joy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you receive it all over this house, lift your hands and shout unto the Lord and give him all the praise. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you.
Ghost. No more heaviness. No more fear. Joy.
Lift your voice all over this house. Sing it again. Come on. Oh, come on, lift those hands here. He's the only one. You turn graves into garden. Hey. Every hand lifted. Father, we thank you for supernatural peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> we thank you for overwhelming joy. <laughs> Lord, we thank you that a spirit of heaviness has to go. Thank you that a spirit of fear is destroyed. We thank you, Lord that we're walking in new strength because of the joy of the Lord. Lord, whatever it is that's tried to harass the bodies of every physical body of every believer in this room, we thank you, Lord, it's being destroyed by the power of your spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead. I take authority over sickness and disease right now in Jesus' name. has to loose its grip and let go by the power of God. We lose healing virtue to every man, every woman. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. Healed in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> we give you glory for what you're about to do in this nation. Thank you that things are turning in our favor by the power of God. We thank you that the plans of the wicked will come to nothing in Jesus' name. The plan to destroy the church has completely failed and will always fail. <laughs> For Jesus will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare we're victorious by the power of God. We are more than conquerors, overcomers. We always triumph in his name. We thank you, Lord, for total victory by the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you believe it, somebody clap your hands and shout aloud, amen. Come on, shout amen. You can be seated for a moment. We're going to sing that again in just, just a second. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed tonight by faith. I'm so excited about all God's doing. And I haven't even shared the full testimony with you. I know this is our first night, but God, through this, even through this time where everybody said we're going backwards, our ministry experienced such violent increase, blessing, in this time of a, what we would call a lockdown or a pandemic. Uh, God blessed us supernaturally with a building. We built out a television studio in this time. All the equipment that we have is completely paid for. The building completely paid for. Everything God did, he did it supernaturally. I tell you something awesome. And you'll be able to see it in this upcoming magazine, the fullness of it. But my father gave us a prophetic word in February. We were having our signs and wonders camp meeting. And he said, you know, the Lord shows me you're going to get a building. He said, I see it in the vision. My wife grabbed a pen and a paper and ran it over. She said, sketch what you see in the vision. He sketched the whole building, even where the palm trees would be. I hung it on the fridge. We kept it as our point of contact. And uh, 
then we had a realtor take us around, showed us about six, seven properties. None of them looked like what my dad sketched. And then all of a sudden she said, well, there is one more property we could look at. And we drove onto that parking lot. And can I tell you, it looked exactly, it's going to be in the new magazine, looked exactly like what dad sketched. Well, every other property that we saw was about, you know, 30 to $35 a square foot. And she said, I don't think even the pricing's updated on this one yet. You'll have to talk to the owner. So I said, I see your, I got a nice, it was exactly what we were looking for. I said, it's a nice property. I said, it looks like your pricing's not updated to be current. He said, no, that's what we're going to give it to you for. And they gave us the property, not $35 a square foot, $13 a square foot. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew. We weren't telling our partners. We didn't tell anybody on the broadcast. Nothing. And uh, we just signed the paperwork by faith, stepped out and took over in the building. Well, we have a partner that, and, and his wife, they live down in, in uh, Georgia. And they didn't know anything about it either, but they felt in their spirit. Now, this man owned 200 Waffle Houses. And he pulled out his checkbook and said, the Lord told him, he sat there and wrote down one check, mailed it in. We didn't even know it was coming. We opened it up. When we looked at it, that check paid the whole year of the building in one year. Hallelujah. In one day. So not only is the equipment paid for, everything we have, the building's paid for, that everything God did put us into such increase and overflow during the pandemic, everything began to happen. I even made sure, my wife did this, we need to make sure even our employees knew. Not only are you going to get paid every single week, we start adding more money on every paycheck just to let them know. Not only are you going to get paid, you're going to get blessed during a lockdown in Jesus' name. But now, after all that, guess what God did? Opened up the doors. And now we're getting ready to go on television on three continents, 80 million plus homes in phase one. Phase two, we're adding 39 million more. And then on top of that, Brother Eric's got some open doors that we're going to look at for phase three. And I'm telling you, in that swift of a time, we're going to go from literally where we were in 2020 at the beginning to by the end, touching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you shout aloud, Amen. Can I tell you something exciting? Because one thing, we're not just looking for converts. We're looking for disciples. Amen. Jesus said our fruit has to remain. Isn't that right? We want our fruit to remain. We're already working right now. Our office is fully developed. It's almost finished. Is an online discipleship program. So that no matter what nation of the world you get saved in watching te the television broadcast, you have an instant action step to get involved and to begin to be discipled immediately uh, by our ministry. We have teaching that's going to go out absolutely free. We have full, I mean like literally everything that you could want at the beginning stages of being a believer, we're providing for free so that they don't have to wait on something to come in the mail or for some local church to follow up on them. We're going to connect them with churches, but we're going to teach them from day one about the things of God and create disciples of all nations. Can you say amen? And so you play a part in that as you're sowing seed. I want you to hear this. You, I understand many people think, well, you know, I'm not one of those. You know, the, some people think there's superstars in the body of Christ. No, we're the family of God. We do this together. We do it as the family. As you sow, you go. You push the gospel forward throughout the earth. And this is the key. God gives us two blessings. Every soul that's saved, every person that's healed, all that are delivered... That doesn't just get credited to this ministry's account. It gets credited to your account. So that we, why? You played a part in it happening. But on top of that, God said, I'll bless them back financially. 
I'll see them abound and increase. And so we're going to pray. And the Lord will speak to you. Whatever he tells you to do, just be obedient to his voice, and God will bless you. Can you say amen? Bow your head. Father, we ask you, speak to every man. Speak to every woman. Give us an instruction from heaven that tonight we'll step out by faith and do exactly what you ask us to do. And because we're obedient, we will see increase come into our homes. Lord, we thank you. This can be the year of supernatural debt cancellation. Lord, we ask you, student loan debts, cancel them. Credit card debts, cancel them. Let mortgages be paid off. Let cars be paid off. Let overflow come to your obedient people in Jesus' name. Let this be a year of miracles for God's people. We ask you in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, as we step out in faith, we thank you. Increase is quickly coming. Our harvest is coming back to us. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. If you believe it, somebody shout amen. 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 Take an offering envelope in your hand. If you're making out a check, please make it payable to the church. We have uh, three ways that you can sow uh, here at the church. Number one, by text message. Number two, via the envelope. And number three, via the website. And you can do that on your smartphone if you're there in the pew. You can use, I believe it's obmcc.com. Is that correct? .org. I'm sorry. obmcc.org. You can go right onto the website with your phone. So there, using the envelope or text message, and, uh, and you'll be blessed. Can you say amen? When you're ready to give, would you stand on your feet? Don't forget, we're going to be right back here tomorrow, 7 o'clock p.m., Monday night, Tuesday night. You don't want to miss it. I'm asking God, touch every one of his people supernaturally. Hold your offering up to the Lord when you're ready to give. Father, we thank you for every faithful sower. Thank you for those that are stepping out by faith. We expect a quick harvest in Jesus' name. We thank you that the final quarter of this year will be a quarter of violent increase and expedited favor for God's people. We give you glory and honor for what you're doing, not only here, but around the world. We expect the best days are coming quickly. In Jesus' wonderful name, and if you believe it, somebody shout aloud, amen. 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 Come on and give. We love you. You're dismissed. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Hi, live streamers. Thank you so much for joining us. We want you to know that we love you guys and are so happy to have you with us. Stay connected with us here on social media and remember to share when you're joining us live to spread hope to others. We will see you here next time.